Hello, everybody. Welcome to the last follower podcast of 2022. Can you believe it? The whole year has gone by. And I just wanted to jump on and say to all of you who listen to the podcast, thank you for listening. It's such a, such an honor and a privilege to be able to put these together and share them with you and, and to be in your ears uh, at different parts of your day and in different parts of your life as you are in different parts of the world. It's been a great year for the podcast. We've seen some really good growth just in terms of people who are listening. And although that's not everything, it is something. And it shows that some of what is being put together here on the follower podcast is helping and serving people around the world. Uh, I think our biggest series this year was the Into the Deep series, where we, we looked at how to follow Jesus through our suffering into deeper places in the kingdom with Him. And man, we, we not only had a large number of downloads from those episodes, but we had such good feedback from you. And so really just grateful that that has been the case and that these podcasts have been serving you. And I would just encourage you to keep doing that, man. Please reach out. Please get a hold of us. Um, and just you can email, you can message directly. Uh, we are follower on Instagram and all the socials. We'd love to hear from you and how these podcasts are, are helping you. Um, and yeah, this is the last one of the year, so I'll be signing off and uh, heading into the Christmas season just like everybody else. And I just wanted to just pray and and uh, hope that you have an incredible Christmas. And when I say incredible, I really mean meaningful and aware. Uh, what I mean by that is that, you know, sometimes Christmas can be such a distracting thing um, because we can get caught up in the busyness of the meals and the gifts and uh, all the different things and actually miss the real gift, which is Christ. And so my prayer for you, my hope for you is is really more than anything that you would receive the miracle of Christ again this Christmas, that he would come to your heart. That's what I've been praying. Lord, open my eyes to see it again. Give me that return to me the joy of my salvation. Um, help me to see Jesus again. And I think in order to do that, you probably got to slow down long enough in order to see that. So I pray uh, that your heart would prepare room, you know, just uh, playing on that idea of Mary and Joseph looking for different ends and they could find no room. Um, and sometimes we can be like that. There is no room in our hearts or in our lives for the Christ who wants to come. And so I pray that that wouldn't be the case for you, that as we draw near to Christmas now in the next couple of weeks, uh, I hope that you've been journeying through Advent. It's a great tool to to get us really aware of the Christ who's with us. But uh, I pray that if not, that, that even just listening to this would be a prompt to you, that you would draw near and, and prepare room in your heart for the coming of Jesus this Christmas. Looking forward to next year. We've got some incredible things coming up. Uh, pretty much we're going to kick off next year with a series called We Are Follower. And we're going to be talking and really introducing some stuff that's going on in the background of Follower, which is kind of the development of this community of learning and practice in the way of Jesus. And so we've got, yeah, just these small communities of people in different parts of the world who are coming together to learn and practice the way of Jesus. And uh, really excited to share that with you next year. So you can look forward to that. But um, without any further ado, we're going to give you the last podcast of the year to send you off into your Christmas season. This is actually a two-part podcast because I uh, sat down with a guy called Craig 
Westhoff. Uh, he runs a ministry called Illuminated Soul. And we were having this discussion and it was so rich and so full that we actually went on for about an hour and a half having this conversation. And I just thought, man, I can't put this all into one podcast. It's just going to be way too much. So um, what I've done is I've broken it up into two. So you'll get this one and then make sure that you look out for the next one that'll come after that. It's a two-part podcast of a conversation I had with Craig. And the reason I thought that this would be the right one to end the year with is because although Christmas is wonderful and full of celebration and and family and all the all the good things and Jesus hopefully um, it can also be a really hard time for a lot of people some people find it quite isolated uh, some people find their family place quite triggering and difficult um, and I just found in this conversation with Craig he gave us so much beautiful insight into how to manage our emotions with Jesus so that we become awakened uh, individuals in the earth. And I just felt like if that's you, if Christmas is sometimes a hard space for you, there are so many nuggets uh, and just truths and beautiful tools that Craig gives us in these conversations that I think will serve you well. And so uh, that's why we wanted to give you this one as the last one of the year. So with all that said, here is the first uh, session in a two-part episode with Craig Westhoff. I hope you enjoy it. So that's it. Kind of culminating. You're human. You're fully human. How human do you think you're allowed to be? Wow. Wow. And then tell me about your community. Because in community, one of the biggest healing agents is in community. It's not to fix you. It's to be with you. Uh, fixing only increases agitation. But presence, presence is what heals. Mm. Spiritual director Alice Freiling states, intentional listening is indistinguishable from love and love heals. So find a community where they will listen to your story, your journey, where you can listen to theirs. You can listen to truth. Uh, But we need each other. And I'll, I'll wrap that up with bear each other's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ, the law of Christ being love. Welcome to the Follower Podcast, a place for conversations about following Jesus to the depths of his heart and the ends of the earth. My name is Matthew Lewis, and I am so glad that you are here. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Follower Podcast. Today on the episode, we have Craig Westhoff with us. So, Craig, thanks uh, for making time to be on the podcast. Oh, thank you, Matt. Thanks for letting me hang out with you. Yeah, really good to have you here. Excited for our conversation. We uh, didn't actually meet, uh, but I was there in Belfast. Oh, you were? Prayer conference, right. And uh, I sat in your wife, Christine's workshop. She was doing the prophetic thing. And then I came into your workshop and you were, t- I, I came in kind of halfway through. And the, the thing I remember about you is you're standing up front and I didn't have context for it, I, except later you just, you explained it and you were holding your hands out in front and you were just going, why, why? <laughs> and I thought, man, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I, I, can, I can imagine if you just walk in on that moment. <laughs> You might think, oh my goodness, I've I've entered a fracas. We're in trouble. <laughs> but then, as no, you went to kind of explain it, it was incredible th- thoughts that were happening there. Yeah, it was 
It was uh, just to summarize real quickly, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah. The idea of when we suffer, when we're in pain, when things happen to us, the the natural response is to ask why, why, why now, why me? And fundamentally, those are unanswerable questions. And so I like to think that the reason we ask why is not to get an answer, but to release, mm -hmm. to release the grief, to release sorrow, the pain. And so and we get to use our body and we offer it. It's almost like a body. It is a body prayer. And we can say even Christ on the cross, why have you forsaken me? I don't know if he was looking for an answer. I think he was expressing. So you know what I'm saying? I, that's just my, my own thought. And so what you walked into, Matt, was just that. The idea of uh, we ask so that we may release. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily we, we, we ask why so that we may release. Not necessarily that we may get an answer. Yeah. Well, there you go, guys. There's a little taste before we've even begun. That's where we're going today. Why? Why? <laughs> so if you're listening to this podcast, and if you can, and if you're feeling a little bit of pent-up energy inside of you, and you find a little space, how, how do you do it? Craig, put your hands out in front of you. Yeah, and it's like you fling. You fling. If, if, you, if you find yourself in um, some pain, discomfort, emotional stress, any just suffering that is seems inexplainable to you, and it, you'll be surprised. Just be get before God and just release the why. Why? Why? And do it with the Holy Spirit. And as you do it, if you're like me, it may get louder for a moment. And then you keep doing it. Why? Why? And then you start to calm because you feel the release. All of a sudden, you, you don't feel the need to ask why. Mm. And a sense of calm and peace is present in the release of the why, in the release of your pain, the acknowledgement of it, the acceptance of it. And then, and then just hug yourself, <laughs> feel yourself doing that. You know, we're, we're, we are a psychosomatic unity, a fancy way of saying, you know, it's the mind body. And the quickest way we change our emotional state actually is through body posture. Mm. And so this is thus the importance of the body. I mean, let's 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 enjoy the fact that God loves the idea of the body so much. He's going to give us a new one. Right. Come on. I mean, he wouldn't have to. We could be these incorporeal spirits flitting around. Um, but he, for some reason, he wants us to experience life and him physically. Yeah. And And what a gift. Right. And so. Yeah. So yeah, so that's I'm starting to unravel this stuff, but um, goodness. So the mind-body connection is—it's not just spirit. It's not you know First Thessalonians five twenty-three and twenty-four specifically reveals that your entire being is spirit, soul, and body. Right. What touches one, touches the other. It's a cheesy analogy, but you're a divine fidget spinner. I don't know if you remember the fidget right. spinners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Touch one, the rest follow, and so. Uh, it's not just, I think it was like this Gnostic idea of, you know, just spirit, forget the flesh. It's like, right. no, 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 no. It's spirit, soul, and body, man, you know, mm -hmm. which is God's brilliant idea. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good right. stuff. Well, what a what an introduction. What a warm-up right there. <laughs> Craig, give us, uh, give the people who are listening and myself, really, give us a little bit about you. You, you told me 
you grew up with a, a father who had been a Franciscan and a mother who was in a convent in their 20s. Yeah. Tell, me, tell us a little bit about that, a little bit about your growing up years. What was all that like? So, uh, yeah, raised Roman Catholic, but when my parents were uh, in their 20s, uh, my father was a Franciscan friar for four years. And so just to clarify, a monk kind of stays in the cloister, the the abbey. A friar goes out. As St. Francis would said, the world is our cloister. Mm -hmm. And so friars would serve the public. So my father was in the brown robe and the sandals and the uh, the the rope. And he was a Franciscan friar for four years. And uh, my mother was in the convent um, studying to become a nun. And uh, God had different ideas. So they met, had five children on the middle of five. But we were raised, all that to say, with this beautiful Franciscan theology, uh, the simplicity of St. Francis, uh, creation, the humility of God, the beauty of God, mm. the goodness of God. He is fountain fullness, right? He's overflowing. All is gift, according to Ignatius, that kind of a thing. And so... Uh, so that was primarily through my father. He just met God through creation, and I learned uh, and was taught to do the same. <laughs> well, I mean, as it's been, as it's been not said, a common the, thing. what's that? That's not a common thing to to. It's see, it's, I don't know. It just seems quite different to me to have not only your dad who was in that stream, but a mom who was in the similar stream, yeah. and then they're yeah. meeting one another. It would just seem like it makes quite a unique upbringing. Yeah, it was. You know, they both entered the, their orders to serve the poor, so they had a heart for the poor, and um, and it, it was it was fun. And, and you know, of course, you know, and things got wonky too. My mom got a little new agey, and she led me into the new age movement for a while, and until yeah. I met Christ and all that stuff. Um, but foundationally, it was just beautiful and alive and very creative, and it, it's it's. It's the idea that the first the first Bible is creation. Mm. So we get Francis has taught us, St. Francis and my father taught us that we could read creation and learn about God. Back that up with Romans chapter one. All of creation reveals God's divine power and his attributes. Therefore, man is without excuse. Right. Look at the moon and tell me there is no God. Yeah. Especially when that moon is full, man, and it's bright. Dude. Yes. I, I get jacked up about that stuff, so it's fun. <laughs> one of my so earliest memories. One of my earliest memories is I was on a fishing trip with my dad, and uh, I remember him. I remember asking him, "Dad, how do you know there's a God?" And he just pointed to the sun, which was uh, which was setting, and he said, "Well, who do you think put that in the sky?" And I just remember going, "Yeah, that makes sense. That's that's enough for me, you know." Yeah, as Saint Francis would call him, brother, son. And Sister yeah. Moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then you said you went on to, to come to faith yourself. What did that look like, uh, your own story of coming to Christ? I was uh, pretty much, uh, I was living in Southern California with my wife. We've been together a year, and I was uh, really had my foot in New Age ideology and, uh, you know, Ouija boards and crystals and um, walk-ins and all that spirit guides, I should say. And uh, long story short, uh, I just met, how I like to say it is I met the devil that I was serving before I met God. 
Wow. I had a, what some would call a, an experience of demonic possession for about eight hours. And um, the end of that, and I always get emotional when I, I mean, that was 31 years ago and I still uh, feel the emotion come up. It was so profound, but long story short, uh, I fell to my knees in our apartment after this tirade, this eight hour horrible uh, experience. I fell to my knees and I, my wife was on the couch huddled up, just freaked up. And I said, honey, it's me, I'm back. And I wondered why would I say that? Why would I say I'm back? Where did I go? It was really wild. We had a friend who was a pastor uh, called him and a week later, we were baptized in the ocean. And my sinner, I didn't say a sinner's prayer. We were just on the ocean and uh, the pastor, there were about 10 people there and he's just asking everyone, hey, Matthew, why are you here? And, well, I just love the Lord. I mean, you know, it was very calm, cool, collected. He points to me and I just scream at the top of my lungs, bursting in tears, I need Jesus. Wow. That was it. Freak, freaked everyone out. <laughs> I mean, I'm screaming. And, uh, and then I was baptized. And uh, and my wife was too. And, and that began our journey. What was that moment like? Can you remember? Oh, dude. Yeah, it was, and you know, are you familiar with the Enneagram at all? I, I don't know if a that's little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's irrelevant. I'm just, uh, forget that. It's just, I'm very gregarious, ex expressive. I'm more of an Epicurean. I want to experience stuff, man, you know? Sometimes that's beautiful. Sometimes it get you in trouble. Right. <laughs> but this, God was kind enough to give me an experience, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and everyone has an experience. So what I mean by that is he he gave me an experience that was personal to me. God knowing who I am, how I am, how I function in my personality, my mind, my ways, all that. And so it was, how was it? It was, it was ecstatic. It was uh, light. It was illumination. Mm -hmm. Just absolute download, upload of life and in that moment, there was a lot that I was delivered from. Some things remained, but there was just a clear, it's like, yeah, I woke, well, Ephesians, you know, wake up, uh, oh sleeper, rise from the dead and the light of Christ will illuminate you. That's what, that's what it felt like. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just, I literally feel like I felt like I woke up, like I was born again. I came out of darkness into the light and it was very significant. It was very demonstrative. A lot of screaming, shouting, crying, dove into the ocean, came out brand new, man. <laughs> Come on. Come on. That's amazing. Yeah. I and mean, I was I was preaching the gospel right away. Really? And very sloppily too, because you know, I was still <laughs> I was still going to the bars and you know, only now now the subject matter had changed. <laughs> right, right. But it was dynamic and beautiful and in wonderfully sloppy incarnation <laughs> yeah you know yeah, yeah. i think there's something powerful about those early days of zeal 
when you're still kind of like in that euphoric space with the Lord and everything's fresh and bright and new and there's just energy and you don't know better and 90% oh, yeah. of what you're saying is heresy, but it's a lot oh. of passion behind it, you know? <laughs> yeah, just rude, obnoxious, you know, and, <laughs> you know, so bold, you know, zeal without knowledge, all of that, especially, again, with my personality, you know, I'm just right. gregarious and outgoing anyway. So it was just a funny mix. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And over the years, you know, <clears throat> my, my wife and I have been together 32 years now, and, and um, I'm 55, and so things calm down and and now and i love that but it, it's now it's the ecstasy ecstatic experience bliss whatever you want to call it intimacy really but now it's experienced in more in solitude mm. silence stillness yeah mm. yeah i i i find myself speaking a lot less <laughs> What's that? Uh, they asked Mother Teresa, what does she say when she prays? There's nothing. I just listen. And then uh, what does God say when you pray? Nothing. He just listens. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Just face to face, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Gazing, considering, contemplating, and then imitating. Come on, man. And tell us a little bit about you had a career in radio. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, 30-year radio career started off in uh, classic rock, you know, Doors, Jimi Hendrix, all of that stuff. And then um, gave my life to Christ, still hung out in Top 40 radio and all that. And then, long story short, uh, there's a Christian radio in town, the Christian radio station, Contemporary Christian Music. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny, I was... I was doing a classic rock show, quick story, and I, I, I'm on the air. I was more of a shock jock, and now I'm a believer, new believer. So I've got my Bible in the studio, but I'm on the air, and I tell this guy to go to hell, you know, just go to hell <laughs> on the air live, you know, and I had this goofy song that's go to hell, -da 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 -da, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And I, I hang up on him. I go into a song, and I go and turn to my Bible, and all I hear is, you hypocrite. Wow. And it was so intense, I quit my job right there. Wow. I was so convicted. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a hypocrite. And and of course, the fact that I quit my job right there, that shows you the 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 impulsiveness of my myself. Um, but a month later I got a morning show at at, at the Christian radio station. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah. and then that began a 25-year career, and it ended with a national network called K-Love, and uh, where we had, when I was there, I think we had about 16, 18 million weekly uh, listeners on that show. Wow. wow. On that network, yeah. Wow. And so, and then left that in 2012 uh, at the request of God, just said, felt like God's, my wife and I both felt like God said, hey, we're done here. And he invited me to join my wife in the work that we do. So just mm. left all of that behind. It was a nice package. It was a great deal. Uh, and left it all and joined my wife right. <laughs> and Jesus. It's awesome. Now, now tell us a little bit about that. So what, what's the work that you do with Christine? What are you guys involved in now? We have something called our own little nonprofit called Akuo Missions, A-K-O-U-O which began in about 2006, maybe 2008, somewhere around there. Uh, 
when long story short, Chris was invited to go to Damascus, Syria. And, uh, and so right now we, we, uh, we work with 24 seven prayer international and USA, but, um, so through that, we, we find ourselves in the middle East, Beirut, Lebanon, Jordan, uh, Syria. Uh, well, it's hard to get into Syria, but, um, England, Ireland, Germany, and, and really we, our goal is to tend to the, the health of souls, leaders, souls primarily, and then anyone's soul. And Chris has her, we, we, we team together, but then we also have our separate, um, disciplines, so to speak, you know, she's an Enneagram coach. She deals with the prophetic. I'm a Franciscan spiritual director. I also, uh, am a practitioner of a mind body protocol to alleviate negative emotional trauma. So wherever we go states or, or overseas, what is on our heart first and foremost is, is just that, how are you doing? Not what are you doing? Right. How are you doing? Right. What's going on inside your mind, inside your heart, inside your body? What is your body telling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I'm a midwife to souls. I love that. Midwife to souls. And in some ways that uh, it seems like that's also the product of your own journey. Uh, you talk about how you went through your own space of depression, clinical depression and everything like that. So can you, are you comfortable to share a little bit of that, about that and sure, that yeah. some of your work now? Oh man, that is, that, yeah, that's all the work comes out of 10, a 10 year experience of clinical depression, crippling anxiety, OCD, rumination, <clears throat> self-harm, cut myself with the knife, abused alcohol for three of those years. I was on meds for six years, uh, Lamictal, Lexapro, Effexor, Lithium, I was on Lithium. Uh, very, uh, a lot of suicidal ideation, rested my head against a rifle numerous times. Yeah, I, I get the emotions come up. It's still very embodied, embodied in me. Uh, the darkest 10 years of my life. Having said that, yes, there was still levity and, and we laugh and, you know, I was highly functioning. And so my goal was to make sure I don't fail my family. So I did everything, i.e. abused alcohol, did whatever I could to make sure I still held down a job. And I was so highly functioning that I did. I had the number one morning show in town and I was very highly functioning, but I was also uh completely self-destructing internally. Uh, mm-hmm. And then that was 98 to 2008. And then my healing journey, I don't say my healing happened, but my healing journey began in 2008. And and that's when the Lord kind of invite, how I like to say it, he said, okay, Craig, we, I've showed you what this is, you know, because it's spirit, soul, and body. So there was a spirit part to it, but then he's like, I'm going to teach you how to manage your soul well instead of have your soul, i.e., 
emotions and thoughts manage you. I'm, I'm going to teach you not to be a victim to what you sense, feel, perceive, or experience, <clears throat> excuse me, but to be an investigator, a co-investigator with the Holy Spirit to what you sense, feel, see, perceive, and experience. So the, the 10 years, I like to say, I just allowed all my thoughts and emotions, emotional sensations and circumstances to victimize me and to, to just dictate who I am and who what my life is. And in Christ, it's, it's completely flipped. You know, Jesus was the only human who walked with excellence of soul, absolute mm -hmm. mastery of mind, will, and emotions. He never had an improper emotional response. And so out of that 10-year experience, it was the invitation from God to say, I'm going to teach you how to better engage with conscious emotional response rather than unconscious emotional reaction. And that's and 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 it's always a learning journey. I, I'm never going to arrive. None of us will. We arrive when he arrives. And so the journey is just this beautiful practice. We get to practice. Thank God that word is in scripture. Right. right? We practice righteousness, first John. And it just so happens those who practice righteousness are righteous. <laughs> wow, imagine that. <laughs> just as he is. We practice walking in the light. We practice walking in his truth. Paul said, These things you see in me, put them into practice. So we're practicing, and I think that even that that message, that word, should alleviate some tension and pressure that sometimes we in the church can put on ourselves, you know. We're just practicing. We're just learning. Mm -hmm. It's a great invitation. Learn. Learn of me. Come to me, you who are heavy and weary like. Take my yoke upon you, you know. It's easy and light. Learn of me. Interesting phrase from Jesus there. Learn mm -hmm. of me. We're on a learning journey. That's it. We're just learning. So, um, yeah, so it was a, out of that depression has come my work. Right. This is what, I, this is what I do now with spiritual direction and in simplicity, emotional, mental health coaching. Right. And before we get into that, I just feel, um, I want to press into a moment here. So when I look at a little bit of the timeline of your life, <clears throat> you had this exposure to the spiritual what you describe as like a demonic possession, oppression space there. You then have this radical, beautiful deliverance in Jesus. And then in the midst of that, had this clinical depression breakdown as someone who was following Jesus. Yeah. And the reason I want to, I want to put a finger on that is because I think there may be some people listening today who can relate very much to that. So they would consider themselves followers of Jesus they would consider themselves sincere in their faith, and yet they're struggling with their own mental health issues. They're struggling with their own fallenness and failure. Um, and then, and you know, you in some ways, although you're on this journey of healing, you're in a place of wholeness and healing where you're able to help others. But they, they might not be in that place. What is yeah. someone in your position who understands that journey? What do you say to someone like that who's listening? Great question, Matthew. I would say. Uh, what you are experiencing, you are experiencing because you are simply human. It's no indictment. It's not a contradiction to you as a daughter or son of God. You're human. That's it. And so my question to you is how human are you allowed to be? And Jesus came to show us what full humanity looks like. 
as someone once said, Jesus is God's mind made up about you. <laughs> and so what you're experiencing is just this thing called humanity. And scripture is replete with characters <laughs> who battled intense emotional and mental challenges and struggles. Even Paul, just pull one. Paul, well, first you have David. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Good grief. Paul, uh, we had conflicts without fears within. And then he says something really interesting. And God, who comforts the depressed, comforted us by sending us a brother named Titus. That's Paul unequivocally saying we were depressed. We had conflicts without fears with him. Notice how honest, there's so much you could unpack. He's being honest, authentic, vulnerable. He's saying we're freaking depressed, man. I've got fears within. There's a bunch of stuff happening outside. And then he highlights something really important. And God who, he highlights God's first response to people who battle with depression, emotional overwhelm, which is all of us to varying degrees. And God who comforts the depressed, so he comforts, that's his first response, not ridicule, chastisement, he comforts. And how? Most of the time, it's through people. Mm. Thus, if you are struggling, you listening, you watching, my first question to any of my clients is, tell me about the community you're a part of. Mm. Because a big part of my healing journey, I thank God, I had a thriving house church. And so you can't go it alone. Mm. And Paul Paul reveals that we need it. God comforts us, but how? Sending someone else. So God's comfort usually shows up in the package of another person. Mm. Right? And... That's the challenge is when we're down, when we're low, emotionally overwhelmed, depressed, uh, we tend to isolate. Mm. Yeah. And so, uh, so that's it. Kind of culminating. You're human. You're fully human. How human do you think you're allowed to be? Wow. Wow. And then tell me about your community. Because in community, one of the biggest healing agents is in community. It's not to fix you. It's to be with you. Uh, fixing only increases agitation, but presence, presence is what heals. Mm. Spiritual director Alice Freiling states, intentional listening is indistinguishable from love, and love heals. Wow. So find a community where they will listen to your story, your journey, where you can listen to theirs. You can listen to truth. But we need each other, and I'll, I'll wrap that up with bear each other's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ, the law of Christ being love, which you work back. So to fulfill the law of love, there must be a burden to be born. So guess what? We're all going to have burdens. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just the way it is. And and, and uh, Jesus was real enough to say today it has enough trouble of its own. Mm -hmm. He was also human enough to say, my soul is grieved to the point of death. Wow. That's Jesus himself saying that. Mm. Now, if he, if he can say that, if he can be honest with that emotional overwhelm, uh, I'm pretty sure we get to be that honest too. Brilliant. That's so really welcome. welcome to humanity. Yeah. <laughs> and welcome to Jesus. <laughs>
And t- tell us a, l- a little bit about, so as I'm listening to that, there's a difference between what you're describing and a kind of nihilism or hopelessness. So um, I'd like to unpack that. Like, how did your acceptance of the brokenness lead you through to something that looks like wholeness? What did that journey look like? Because because here's why I say that. Yeah. In my own personal journey, I'm <laughs> I'm a very slow learner in this emotional intelligence thing. It's taken me a while. But one of the things I'm learning slowly is that basically wherever the pain is, you should probably lean in that direction. Right on, man. But but that's very hard. <laughs> because, <laughs> because it feels like you're going to break if you do yeah. that. Like, like when you take that advice seriously and you go, okay, I'm going to lean all the way into the darkness there. Like you feel like you're going to break into a million pieces. Um, mm-hmm. Why? Talk about that. How how is that maybe the, the liberation? I don't know. Genuinely, this is me asking in my own journey. Oh, I love it. Well, it's because we have certain attachments and avoidances uh, that we uh, place on ourselves to ensure a feeling of happiness. And so when you actually address the pain, that means you also have to acknowledge and be vulnerable and authentic about the attachments and avoidances you have. Uh that you've designed so that you can feel happy. You know, they're emotional programs for happiness, according to Father Thomas Keating, the late Keating. Um, And so the reason it hurts is because all of a sudden in that moment, uh, you're not in denial. You're not dissociating. You're not repressing. You're actually engaging your full humanity and and saying, we're going to go here. We being the spirit of Christ in you, we're going to actually dive in. And, and it's painful and scary because uh, because it's vulnerable. And it's also painful and scary because in that space, we, we get to now admit, if, if you want, the invitation is always extended in that space to take a look at our egoic operating systems and, and to see where we've been playing God, just to be frank. Uh, so it's it's challenging work because of that because to face ourselves uh, is scary (laughs) but 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 it's only scary why is it scary yeah because it feels vulnerable because there's things there's things let's admit it there's things we don't want to see there's things we don't want to admit about ourselves Mm. And, that, and that's and that's normal but but that's that's the work and and i think it in that journey my response to it was my first response was rage i was you know a classic definition of depression is anger turned inwards and so we must be real with what we feel in order to heal i always say that and sometimes it's just easier. You know, the two sins of the Western world, as someone said, is anesthesia and amnesia. Wow. I'd rather just, I'm, I'd rather just check out. I think that's a human default. Let's just numb ourselves, check out, fabricate a sense, an emotional, a physical sense of peace and exhilaration 
through substances, through even just TV or food or whatever, you know, just anything, just, I just don't want to deal with this stuff. Can you relate to that? Mm -hmm. I really can. (laughs) So, and that's part of being human. Yeah. And it's, that's part of the healing process right there. The beginning is let's accept the reality that that's what we do in part, in part, not the whole, but in part. And so what happens when you decide to go in, just even in that decision, you're admitting, I'm not going to play these games anymore. Right. I'm not going to partner with anesthesia or amnesia, you know, forgetfulness or just numbness. I'm, I'm actually going to wake up. It's well, and it's just like a, a you know, we're born, we're, it's like a birth again, you know, and mm-hmm. birth is, is a crazy, wild, painful experience, you know, and shocking. And so that's kind of what it is like again and again and again. Oh, I'm going to face this dark part of me. Right. Thank God, uh, even darkness is light to God. And that which is brought into light becomes light. And this light has come into the world and darkness cannot overcome it, you know. And so, so that's why it's so challenging and painful. So my first response was all of a sudden anger because now I, I was – uh, I was finally admitting my anger, but then I was I, I was also even before the anger uh, was just my pride. There was a lot of pride there. I was I was I was so angry that I was like this. Right, right. You know, so there was self hatred there, a part of self hatred, and self hatred yeah. really to me, self hatred is when someone says, you know, I hate myself. It's like what you're really saying. I hate that I'm not the self I would have made me to be if I were God. Mm. that's what you hate so really yeah. self-hatred is a form of idolatry right because you have this other idea of what you think you should be right but that's not god's idea he just wants you to be you and he wants you to journey with him <laughs> you're an original idea of god you are not your own ideas <laughs> right. You, right you didn't you didn't come up with you right and so mm. and so part of that thing is we we create you know, I think that's fundamentally what happens when we sin. We just forget who we are. Mm. And so then we try to create a sense of form. We try to create a sense of identity through sinning. But the idea is God says, no, come back to me. As as David Benner puts it, what if you welcome all the unwelcome parts that God has already welcomed? Yeah, yeah. And it's, and, and it's hard to do, and that's why it's so painful right? And, and challenging. But that is the work, I think. Jesus said, possess your souls in patience. Now, that's an eschatological idea, but I think we can also apply it to a daily idea. Every day we're waking up. The invitation is to wake up in Christ before you die. Yeah. <laughs> and so, we're waking up, we're possessing, taking more of our, ourselves in Christ, waking up to more of it. And um, that's a slow, challenging work to, to the point where no wonder in Scripture it's replete with words like endurance and steadfastness and patience. Even Paul's letter to the Colossians, may you be strengthened with power according to his glorious might for the attaining of and I would like to say more power or signs and wonders but no he says for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience wow 
Then he says, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. But he's, he says, may you be strengthened, Matthew, with power by the Holy Spirit so that, so that you can get steadfastness and patience. And here's the deal. Patience in Latin means to suffer. Wow. And we just not, are not a patient species. <laughs> and so, does that make sense? That's so good. I'm, there's just so much to chew on there. Beautiful. And so that's why it's hard. That's why it hurts because it's a it's a patient work, and we're an they're, they're, by and large we're kind of an impatient people. <laughs> It's just, I, I read a quote the other day that so resonated, particularly with my current season and some of the stuff I'm, I'm processing was, uh, um, truth will set you free, but not until it's had its way with you. Oh, I wish I wasn't, that wasn't so true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let, as someone else says, let life form you. Yeah. Let it form you. We we think it's attacking us. Like no, no, life, Christ, it show He shows up. It shows up to form us if we will let it, and if we will acknowledge our fears and just again authenticity and vulnerability. Mm. And I'm finding that that idea of letting just that word itself really speaks to some of my core challenge at the moment because. Um, what I'm finding is that uh, part of the the obstacle is the surrendering up of the life I thought I should have lived. Uh, well said. <laughs> I find that to be very, it's a very difficult journey. I had, I had a life in mind. I had a person in mind. I, and as I lean into Christ, it's like he's quite unrelenting with his intention. So now we find ourselves in a wrestling match and, <laughs> and I'm just not, I, I haven't yet been able to surrender <laughs> up my control, my desires, my preferences. And to, and for me, that's actually when I interrogate some of the emotion under that, there's a, it's, I'm afraid. I get really scared of what will happen if I free fall into God and there's nothing there. You know. I love I love your honesty, Matthew, and and that's always a fundamental question in in any moment. You know, when we have we feel something of a negative uh, negative emotional sensation, overwhelm. It's like, what am I afraid of? And in in that, you, even in your communications, there uh, right this moment, in the way you shared some of that, so that tells us, oh, there's so there's some things you're attached to, and some things you're hell bent on avoiding. Mm. So then there's this tension. There's a grasping. And anytime we grasp, we increase our suffering. Wow. Where in Christ, the invitation is, um, learn of me. I'll give you rest. You don't have to grasp. Instead of grasping, what if the invitation is we get to wake up? And in the waking up, we see the bright light and sometimes it scares us and all that stuff and we we feel the ego and we're, we acknowledge oh I, I'm afraid I'm afraid of the light coming into this part of me a little 
bit. Mm. Like, okay, be honest with that. Let's find out why. Let's interview that. Yeah. Brilliant. Let's do the co-investigative work with the Holy Spirit. <laughs>